0: That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and able, ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Eddie Beeson. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. the record button make sure it's recording hey what's up guys Christopher Stolle back for another breaking the fourth wall interview guys I hope you are enjoying the uh, weekly podcasts that have been happening uh, we've been having a lot of fun doing them and everything else but now is not the time to talk about the weekly show and the panel today is to talk about the author and if I read the IMDB correctly uh, actor Mr. Yeah, Reuben O'Neill Reuben, how you doing today
1: doing fantastic what about you man
0: I'm doing great well look I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you know past the gristle and get right to the bone here you write books that are based in real life but are in poetry form now this this catches my attention as a songwriter uh that that's kind of what you do when you write lyrics is you, you take reality and turn it into some sort of artistic impression um so I'm really curious about it being in poetry form but like What are some of the subject matters that you that you you touch on as far as based in reality?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you for asking that, too. So I deal a lot with, of course, losing a parent early Um, LGBTQ matters, too, and a physical, emotional abuse in a relationship. Um, I touch on a lot of mental health and, of course, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, all of that stuff in my books, too.
0: Okay, and uh, I, I know I know artists are usually subjective, especially in poetry form. And it, it's funny because it's very rare I get to have an interview where I can have a conversation with somebody where I have kind of an idea of what the hell I'm talking about. Again,
1: <laughs> I'm, not,
0: I'm not a poet by any means mm. the, or stretch of the imagination, but as a lyric writer, you always want to have some sort of resolution. It's almost like writing a, a rhythmic short story where there is a resolution or at least a, an ending to what it is you write. Um, yeah. Unless you decide to leave it as an open-ended question, of course. But uh, with, with the way you do your things, especially with some of the dark content of things like uh, the civil rights for the LGBTQ or, or like suicide, uh, do you, do you uh, end them on, on open-ended questions or do you more often than not uh, find some sort of resolution, whether it be the quote-unquote happy ending or whatever? What, what, uh, how do you normally end these, these, these types of subjects? Because it is a hard subject to end.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I definitely try to end each of my books saying that, you know what, you can reach out for help. You can always ask a friend for help. Um, Because definitely, too, I mean, my books are real life. It's not a story where, of course, I can just end them on a happy ending. They're realistic. And I believe that it starts with a discussion and reaching out for help. Just the same thing like I did. I didn't have anybody who I could rely on at the time. And of course, too, it's the same thing with depression. Of course, you have a thousand people that you can technically reach out for help. But of course, you get stuck in this loop of, of course, like not believing in yourself or you do truly feel alone. Um, so just reach out for help. That's a ending point in each of my books.
0: Okay, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the other question I've got to ask too, it's like you, you keep saying that it is based in reality. Do you base these off of subject matters you picked up on like uh, online or, or from friends or whatever? Or are these literally personal experiences that you're putting down on, on pen and paper?
1: These are literally personal experiences that happen to me personally. And that's why that I do a lot of self-help talks when it comes to um, volunteering at schools and stuff like that is because all of what I write has personally happened to me
0: okay all right so that that's definitely uh uh how did how did you even decide to go that way let, let, let's start that uh i can understand like writing a biography or or you know a memoir if you were uh if you will you know describing some of the pains and trials and tribulations in your life but to decide to go artistic with it and and use such an abstract uh writing format as poetry mm-hmm. what, what made you decide to go that route to, to tell your story so
1: first of all I've always been a writer I've always been a poet I've always liked to write and stuff like that but what finally got me to become a poet and to actually publish my works um, it was the promise that I made to my dad before he passed away okay and he always would tell me growing up like you should make something out of this you should do something with your poetry and I always told him oh no of course like look at this like I can't become a poet I can't do this dad like forget you and then of course because um, of course he did die of cancer and then seeing him in the hospital all of those times visiting him even up to until his final breath um, even when he passed away that was the promise that I made to him was that dad I will do this I will actually get the balls and publish my poetry and then that's when I decided to take that step and then it just blossomed from there and it's just about um, staying true to your message that you want to tell people and without bullshitting them and lying to them and you just have to be honest about yourself
0: well I'm curious um and and by the way I I will say you know uh before I even ask the question I will say I I have uh you know my sympathies for your loss um
1: especially thank you
0: especially since it seems like your father was very supportive of you uh I imagine that he was supportive of when you uh eventually came out and and all that um so if he's if he's uh you know you should do something with your with your with your craft with your with your talent you know there's there's no greater loss i mean of a parent begin with but especially a a supportive parent your number one fan always um so but i'm curious when you were when you were doing that and your father was uh was supporting you were you already walking down this path of using truth in, in your poetry or were you at that point doing more i don't want to use the term generic but like oh no you
1: can use that that's fair
0: (laughs) you know uh, more generic styles of of, of poetry which is just more about the emotion and less about the actual in in in-depth uh message
1: oh yeah no i've always been a raw poet i've always written about my experiences in life but of course this was all before what happened to me happened to me um even before all of that crap happened it was still a matter about being real with poetry being raw with poetry whether it would be through romance that inspires you whether it be through just an everyday obstacle that happened used to write about it and that's i've always been like that writing about my feelings in poetry format
0: there are a lot of different formats of poetry uh what what is your particular style like I, you know for, for examples and i'm not going to go through all of them but you got you got your oh, yeah typical, you got your typical roses are red violets are blue you know things that, that <laughs> follow that cadence you got your haikus you got you know uh you know the the more the more emotional felt words uh, I, a lot of people call it slam poetry where it doesn't even matter if it rhymes you know it's deal. um what what's your format or or what is your most comfortable format
1: 100% so I do free verse and I guess what you would call um, the, like free slam poetry um, because in my personal opinion a poem doesn't have to rhyme it's just about what you're feeling in the inside and that is true poetry it's not about writing about just a topic and trying to get as much views as you can for it it's just honestly about what you're feeling what it is that your heart is telling you to write and put on that paper and so I do free verse and slam poetry.
0: Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit here and uh, stop me if one you don't want to talk about it or two you don't want to give it away because people need to be by the books um, open book <laughs> but, you, but you did state that uh, you were writing about things that happened to you even as they were happening to you or before you did uh, before the things had happened to you the way you were writing the the, the phrasing that you use it, it's got to ask the question what happened.
1: Yeah, no, 150%. So this is also to um, what I promote in real life to help kids and adults that are going through the same thing. Um, And of course, to legally, I can't disclose any names, but I absolutely do talk about what happened. Um, So a couple of things that have happened, but this is one of the ones that stood out the most is I'm just going to call them my dear friend. That's the best way that I can phrase it. Um, Was I walked into my friend's house to... Um, we both walked in. They were having a fight with their mom. Very, very bad fight. And of course, too, this person did have a lot of, of course, um, self-help problem or no, basically they had suicidal tendencies before, um, but I never realized how bad it was. Okay. And so I walked into the house. Of course, the mom and this person had a fight. So my friend walked upstairs. I stayed in the living room because I'm like, oh, this is awkward. I don't know really what to do. Right. And then they go upstairs. They're gone for a good couple of minutes. And I started wondering what the hell was going on. And then the person walks down the stairs and just starts telling me, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. And I was telling them, well, why are you sorry? What 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 happened? And then all of a sudden, they moved their arms to the front of me and then just freaking blood just started rushing down both of their arms um so they completely slit their fucking arms right there and then um without their mom knowing I grabbed this person we went to the kitchen I cleaned up all of the blood um and then of course I told them to like actually I'd be lying if I said I said anything I was fucking speechless I was just like what do I do I don't obviously this is not something I'm familiar with and it's true to say that my mind snapped it absolutely snapped I'm over here drenched in this person's freaking blood my hands are covered in their blood and now I'm cleaning it um and so then they said please like talk to me talk to me speak to me like you like there's got to be like something that you have to say to me and I said and I literally broke and I said what the fuck do you want me to say this is not a situation um that I knew the answer to and I said you should get help I want to help you let me just fucking help you And so this person, of course, stayed with me through a good chunk of my life. And, of course, with this same person, I've dealt with a lot of other stuff, too, in general, of course. Um, And same thing with their parent. It was just extremely, it was just toxic. It was very, very toxic. But that's one of the things, though.
0: How how old were you and your friend?
1: Um, It started roughly when I was... I want to say like 20 this is just out of the ballpark like 21 um that's how old I was and then the other person was 23 roughly. All
0: right, so at least at least we're still adult age we're, we're not talking about like a childhood trauma here.
1: No yeah no this is a yeah, this yeah. is definitely adult age.
0: I mean still still trauma regardless I'm not I'm not trying to trivialize it but at least a little bit more uh reasoning co- cognitive reasoning can be can be placed into your actions and how you handle the situation as opposed yeah. to say, like, a like 11 year old who sees the scene and like you you don't see this outside of movies type deal you know what i mean yeah, yeah. no
1: absolutely no we were both we were both adults
0: okay no nah, that that's crazy and i'm so is is, is your friend okay i mean ha- have they sought the help and and i mean um i guess i'm kind of looking for a happy ending to that
1: Well, the happy ending is this, because in real life, not everything has the happy ending that one person can, like, once again, a happy ending is just trivial to an an individual. And so it was bad on me 100% to stay around that person because there was a lot of degrading to me. And so, of course, this person would, of course, bash me, make me not feel like the best person in the whole world. And so it was very toxic for me to be around there. And I have reached out a couple of times to, of course, get this person help. I've done my absolute best. And it was just extremely bad of what this person put me through, considering that I used to live with this person.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And so that's why that it was better that I exited the picture. Right. And I got myself out of a toxic environment. Because of and like I said too is that there's a lot of other things that did happen, right. um, that even involved putting me down, making me feel like shit every fucking day, making me feel like like I'm just worthless, and it was just not a good thing. So people think that oh yeah like whatever I'm going through there's no help I can't get out, and I say that and I publicize that so much in my books because I thought the same damn thing. I was honestly ready to die. I was fully ready for it because I was like that must be better than what I'm going through right now. Right. And so that's why I'm just very blessed. I made it out of it. And that way I can
0: help other people too. I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of a different scenario here, but uh, I I get where you're coming from. I mean, we all have it in some format or whatever. I mean, I'm a divorced father with three kids, uh, one of which is an adult, but the other two are still under teenage years. And uh, my ex-wife is about as toxic as it comes. And so I get where you're coming from. Like every day I have to, even, I'm not even with her anymore. And every day I got to deal with her. And yeah, and I'm
1: sorry about that, dude. Damn.
0: It, it, it does. It, there are days where you were that particular argument or, or, or uh, conversation. And by the time you're done with it, it's like, you know, like even, even not as, as extreme as like death is concerned, but like, sometimes you sit there and it's like, you know what, jail would be better than dealing with this. You oh, one hundred
1: and fifty percent.
0: Anything would be damn. Yeah. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from, and I, I, I can't imagine being in that type of situation. Luckily, I have not been in something that extreme, personally. But I, I know a lot of people who have, and that that it, my heart does go out to you, and and I hope your 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 special friend does seek out the help that they need. You know? I
1: absolutely hope so too, because I mean, when I am not at all friends with this person. I actually am completely against this person, Mm -hmm. but even with my hatred, even with my anger and all of that stuff, I still wish them the best. I wish them happiness. I mean, I don't care how badly they wronged or hurt me. Everybody deserves happiness, at least at some point in their life. So I just wish them the best and that's it.
0: Well, at this point, I'm gonna take a a chance to say something that I I usually don't say on the show because I take it for granted. Uh, I had a conversation a long time ago uh, when Breaking the Fourth Wall was still just a, uh, a roundtable discussion show, and mm-hmm. uh, we, we had started putting in, uh, in our description down below uh, the phone number to the suicide uh, prevention hotline, uh, because I believe we were discussing the topic of uh, Chris Cornell and, uh, and uh, uh, Chester Bennington uh, situation when they both committed suicide uh, pretty much in the same year. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Scott. So uh, we started putting that in our description, and I've been copying and pasting that on every episode that Realm of the Mist releases since. And I think with this topic of conversation, that it definitely brings back to not only do I want to point that out in the description, you know, is just in general, if you're in a toxic uh, environment, be it a, a lover, uh, a family member, uh, friend, uh, you know, whatever... There are alternatives and there are people to talk to. And I will throw this back out there again. I've thrown this out numerous times back in the day with breaking the fourth wall, and I will do it now. There is also an email address to Realm the Mist Entertainment. Uh in, in the descriptions. If you got somebody if you got something going on and you don't have anybody to talk to, message me. I'll talk to you. I'll talk See, not, not as so an interview. Too. Not not as an interview. I'm not gonna put you on camera email me. I'll talk to you. I'll hear what you got to say. Uh, because it's better to have somebody, even if it's a stranger talk to you, than the alternatives as, as Ruben was just uh, discussing. So there's, there's help out there, and I'm one of the people willing. So. And that is
1: absolutely beautiful. Please shoot him a message, because I'll tell you right now, is that there's absolutely... You never want to feel like you're left alone completely. So I would highly recommend that. Please shoot him a message if you ever feel like you just need somebody to talk to, you because that is the most important first step is getting the help that you need.
0: Absolutely, and I'll tell you what. I like a personal a personal note. I don't, I don't necessarily condone suicide, uh, and the reason I say that is not because I'm hateful or whatever else. The reason being is because I think people who commit suicide, although they've ended their own pain, they don't understand or they're not, at least not processing the fact that the pain ended for you.
1: Exactly. You left
0: Mm -hmm. a world of hurt to people who cared about you.
1: And that's why too. And I fully agree with what you just said is I do not condone suicide at all. Like, especially too, I'm living proof. If I freaking did whatever, like if I committed suicide or whatever, I would not at all have the support system that I have the current beautiful relationship that I'm in and the success that I have now. And it is never too late to make that change in your life. I don't care if you're freaking 12 years old. I don't care if you're in your sixties or seventies, you can always make that change. Absolutely. On that. Absolutely.
0: And guys, you know, I, I, I've got to ask you because I, I I want to get, I'm going to stay on the the, the topic of conversation, but I kind of want to take it away from the dark place a little bit here. This is supposed to be an entertainment show. Uh, But, (laughs) I definitely got to jump back in. Now you, you besides writing books, you've ob- obviously dabbled a little bit in acting as well. Uh, yeah. you have, uh If the IMD, I don't have it up on, on my phone at the exact moment. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah. I've got you for uh Heyman back in 2017 and uh, a one coming up next year called fragile, fragile heart.
1: Yep. It's, fragile it's, heart coming 2021.
0: 2021. Oh. Uh, <laughs> What 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 made the transition from from author to actor? Like what 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 made you do that?
1: So I've always wanted to be an actor. That was my one big career goal. Okay, and of course, too, growing up, you have people that said, "Oh, you can't be an actor." Like, no, it could be an actor. Like, or if you're an actor, you have to be like Tom Cruise. And I'm over here, like, I want to prove you wrong, guys. Like, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. And so growing up, even like from early ages of how old was I, I want to say 12, I was always in theater. Um, and then, of course, growing up, I wanted to do voice acting. So that's exactly with what I wanted to do, voice acting and acting. Right. And so I just decided to act on those. Um, I messaged a couple of friends that I knew were actors and it just grew from there.
0: Now uh, the question I've got to ask, and I, I don't know either film. I'm going to have to watch them. That uh, looks like they are released on uh, Amazon, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Um, the, uh, so the Hey Man is. <laughs> so Hey Man, last time I checked, was available on YouTube. Um, but the one I'm mostly excited for is Fragile Heart, which will be on Netflix coming 2021.
0: Excellent. So yeah, I'll be check. I'll be checking those out. But uh, I want to ask, and and if I'm wrong in this. Uh, for, for people that are listening, uh, listening in, and maybe it hasn't been mentioned, or at least you didn't catch the subtlety of it, uh, Mr. O'Neill here is a, a homosexual man. He is part of the LGBTQ community. I'm curious, especially when it comes to involvement in the, in the industry, uh, has that played a factor or effect in your career? like? to give an example for, for what I mean is like uh, you think of an actor who plays a role for a very long time, they get typecasted for that role. And it's just something that happens in the, in the career for somebody who comes in and, and is openly uh, homosexual. Do you will find yourself either being blocked from parts because it's calling for a straight man role or do you, uh, vice versa, do you find yourself always getting casted for the the gay man role, where you're not allowed to broaden into more of a, a situation, or is this something that doesn't really exist in the film industry that they don't have an issue with somebody's sexuality and choosing the the roles for for or the right actors for the roles?
1: Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Don't get me wrong; is a lot of people are typecasted. That is an honest to god real thing in the acting community. But at least with my experiences personally, I mean with how i because once again it's all visual and it's about how you're hearing that person's voice right. and so if i look just like a man i can do whatever i want like i I don't have the voice of a feminine man right. i don't have any distinguishing aspects that would be like oh yeah like like i'm gay so in general they can put me in whatever position they want me in and i'm completely okay
0: okay um do you find it do you find it uncomfortable like i this, see i i I equate this question, and it's going to sound a little ignorant. I apologize in advance if it does. But I oh, okay. this question. I equate this question because I'm not an actor. I was a, I was a pro wrestler for a couple of years. It's about as close as I was to an actor, but like I wasn't involved in love scenes in pro wrestling. If that makes sense. <laughs> so I mean, like, I imagine like if I was ever on a film and I was supposed to kiss. Heather Locklear and I, I know she's older and stuff like that but if I'm supposed to kiss Heather Locklear and I'm a, I'm a straight man you would think I'd be excited about it but I would be uncomfortable because she's not my wife she's not my girlfriend you know what I mean I know we're supposed to be play acting but there is still that kind of feeling and I wonder if with that feeling just you know kissing a, a girl which is natural for me for somebody like you if you had a role where you're supposed to be playing a straight man and you're supposed to kiss your wife goodbye. Is, is there an extra anxiety to that or is it something that you're able to, to, to uh, consciously be like, this is just play acting?
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. Um, first of all, how can I put it? Is I would not have a problem with of course, kissing a woman or anything at all, because definitely really too, in my past I've been in relationships Um, with women, and, of course, it's trial and error when you find out who you are. Right. Um, But in general, though, I'm very respect because I am in a committed relationship. If the director told me to kiss somebody, I'd probably ask, like, hey, can I kiss them on the cheek? Like, would that be okay? Like, you know I'm in a hardcore relationship. Um, Because to answer your question, though, would that bother me? Absolutely not. But it would, of course, break, like, one of my vows of I am in a committed relationship, and even if it involves acting, um, then I will, of course, try to bend the rules, kiss on the cheek, something like that, to Crazy. steer away from that.
0: Okay. No, no, I was just curious because, you know, um, again, because of the fact that, that uh, acting is stepping into the, the, my understanding of it, is stepping into the life and world of a created character. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you're not you, you're them during that time. You know, the, the best way I can describe it is like when you play Dungeons and Dragons. You know, oh absolutely you know, know, which I love Dungeons and Dragons, but you know, you're you're playing the character, you know, you're play acting the character. You're not you, you're that dark lord elf, you know. (laughs) You're the
1: drow, you're the coolest drow in all the world. There you go.
0: Thank you. I (laughs) my man knows I'm a Dritz (laughs) fan.
1: Oh dude, absolutely, I'm always a drow bard. I get it. It's okay.
0: (laughs) Actually actually I've always played a drow ranger. Um dang the last campaign i did uh which we were doing for this channel uh i was the son of my first ever dnd character
1: <laughs> oh heck yeah on that one man dang
0: so that was that was cool and uh, we we took him on a weird adventure um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I bet i mean especially when you're playing dnd anything can freaking happen by far
0: but that, that that's that's why i was curious about it like uh with, with the questions i asked you because like you know with dnd if i if if my character's supposed to kiss a woman, there'd be a die roll. I mean, you know all I mean. Oh as,
1: yeah. You, you roll a one, you're screwed. Yeah, you know I
0: mean? <laughs> as, as opposed to like real life acting where it's like, you do have to physically sometimes, sh- you know, put that in. So I was just curious about the, 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 the scenarios, but that's great that, that you're able to do that. And especially it's great to know that some directors and, and writers would be okay with the fact that like, maybe they wanted a love scene, but they understand that like, you know, look, there's some lines I don't want to cross morally, and then they would work with you on that and not cost you your job, which, you know, there's always been horror stories for people outside of Hollywood. You know, it's Oh, like, 100%. You, Absolutely. You don't do this, you could be replaced, you know. Uh, first person I think of is Carrie Fisher, who was always worried about her weight during the Star Wars films, and uh, mm-hmm. she was always afraid that they were going to turn around like, oh, you're too, still too chubby, bring in Jodie Foster, you know what I mean? So...
1: And see, and that was, that's my huge thing, at least when it comes to acting in general, is I'm very upfront with people of what I will do. Um, And honestly too, I don't have that much of like lines as far as what I won't do. That's just my big thing when it comes to relationships is I'm not of course gonna, if I'm blessfully taken, why would I risk that? It's just a personal thing on my level. Of course, obviously a lot of people don't see it that way. But I mean, besides that, or at least smoking an actual cigarette. Those are the only two things I won't do. Everything else, sweet, absolutely go for it. Like I don't have that much boundaries as as far as what I will and won't do.
0: What is your dream role? What would you? What uh, w- obviously we we know about two films and all that, and you, we'll definitely dig into to, to what they're about. But uh, beforehand, what is your dream role? Like, what would be the genre of film and character that you would want to play? Like, whether pre existing or something that uh, from your own imagination.
1: Thank you for asking that, because I have always wanted this certain role, and that's a psychological uh, thriller, and I want to be the bad guy in it. So basically, the guy who's really messed up psychologically, whether it be the killer, whether it be, um, I don't know, just basically something in that balance of just being the bad guy in a psychological horror film. I would absolutely go bananas over that.
0: Well, let me, let me ask you, uh, with, with the, the genre of villains, let's, let's really dig into the psychology here. Would you want to be the villain who is literally the guy in the big, the 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 the, the top hat with the twirling mustache, <laughs> villain, or would you want to really be like the sympathetic villain? Uh, best example I can give is maybe Jigsaw from Saw, the original Jigsaw, not the the, the copy Thank you. The afterwards, where where John Kramer never viewed himself as the villain. He thought he was helping people, even though what he was doing was horrific.
1: Best one, basically like John Kramer, 150%. Because obviously, I don't want to be like, hmm, I'm evil. Look at me. Look at what I do. But I would want to be like John Kramer, Heath Ledger's Joker, like stuff like in that realm. Who These people who believe they're doing an honest to God good thing in general. Of course, though, I can't really say Heath Ledger's the Joker because, of course, he's just <laughs> – so, that's a horrible comparison because he just right. wants to, like, kill and murder and whatever. But I would love either a role like that or a role like in Jigsaw. 100 something similar to that
0: all right cool as you see i'm, I'm all about it. again as a professional wrestler i spent many years as a good guy as a, as a face and that was great I, I loved kissing babies and slapping hands you know like <laughs> but i mean uh what it, well it's better than you know kissing hands and slapping babies i'm just saying um which, <laughs> but the, the the most fun i ever had in my career was the bad guy that you know, being, being the heel, the guy that you're you're booing and doing and saying whatever it took to make you hate me. Oh yeah. And that's
1: always the fun part too. You're like, nah, dude, I'm going to make sure I get on your bad side.
0: And it was great because there were times (laughs) I was so good at my job that there were times in Colorado, uh, where I literally had to be escorted out of the building because there were bikers waiting for me in the parking lot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's when you hire five bodyguards.
1: No one touched me. Dang. That,
0: you know, you gotta, you gotta remind them. It's like, it's a show. I was paid to piss you off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, dude, where's my raise? Cause I have apparently succeeded
0: you know so <laughs> there there's nothing better i've always I, you know if i ever got into acting i honestly believe i would want to play the villain i mean it would be great to be the hero to be luke skywalker you know you know to use star wars as an example because i'm a huge star wars fan it would be great to be luke skywalker but secretly i want to be vader 100 oh, percent. I
1: mean? <laughs> more people look at vader than they do luke skywalker because i mean without vader luke skywalker would have number one obviously wouldn't have existed like let's be real but number two though it just all goes back to vader people pay more attention and i think in general it's just more fun to play the character who's of course the bad guy but who thinks that he's doing the right thing because it makes you even think about well why obviously he has a point even if it's wrong he has a point so what is the point that he's making
0: right well i mean i, I would take not only the psychological good guy uh, the bad guy who who thinks he's good uh you know, and, and of course, besides the people that we chose, I mean, we could talk about like you know Breaking Bad as an example of that type of character as well, uh, the Walter White character. But I, I I I would be happy to play the the completely insane villain too. Uh, one of the best examples I can give, just off the top of my head, is Ramsay Bolton from Game of Thrones. Like that. Just, Which character do you play on Game of Thrones? He was he was uh, he was Ramsay Bolton. He uh, he he. Oh, yes. He did- he oh, tortured. my God.
1: Oh, yeah. that guy was – oh, he was awesome. Damn. That was
0: brilliant. Like, at, when you were watching Game of Thrones, you thought it can't get no worse than, than uh, the Lannister kid. The, you know, the, the – Joffrey? Joffrey. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name, for example. you can't get no worse than Joffrey. And then here comes Ramsay, and it's like he, – he literally walked into Game of Thrones like, hold my beer.
1: oh yeah it was horrifying like he was even he what he cut off reeks like phallus and was like boom dude now you don't have anything left to your name oh god it was bad
0: oh yeah and then in front of in front of Greyjoy uh Rafe Sansa and I mean it just like this guy was evil incarnate and it's like how much fun would it be to play that character
1: it would be so much fun because even to when you're offset, you could be like hi guys i'm still i'm honestly a nice person but yeah. you see this disgusting and vile character you're like damn man like are you sure you're not really like that
0: <laughs> one of my favorites about speaking of joffrey the actor who played joffrey uh was was uh did a cameo in batman begins i always find it funny when i go on social media and i see the meme of uh him as a little boy and Batman's hanging on the side and he throws him the uh, the binoculars or whatever else that was joffrey and <laughs> the theme is as batman failed he could have ended this a long time ago <laughs> do cuz you know what i
1: hate to say it but i think joffrey in general was the worst villain like as far as like acting was so perfect that everybody hated him and he just god fantastic actor to make the whole world hate you
0: you know what? But I feel bad for him. I do. And uh, it, it's the same for uh, Tom uh, Tom Welton for uh, for his uh, portrayal of Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel bad for the actor, like uh, because they played their parts so well that people can't see him uh, out in the real world. outside of it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you you look at that kid, all you see is Joffrey, or you look at you look at Tom Welton, all you see. I watched him on the Flash, and I couldn't not see Malfoy you know it's so bad
1: because i mean you play a character so damn good that's what you're going to be known for and that's why too and i don't know the reasonings of why he did it but the actor who played joffrey when he was done with game of thrones he even told everybody yeah guys i think i'm done with acting um Mm -hmm. i'm going to go back to school and i'm over here like you're really good why are you going back to school is it because how damn like everybody hates you because they see you as joffrey now like i didn't understand that
0: that's probably it. He probably just, uh, I don't know if he's done permanently, but he might be turning around saying, let let people forget me for a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I would for a whole good couple minutes. I'd be like, yeah, um, I'm tired of getting like crap thrown at me. I think it's time for a break.
0: <laughs> like When you play a role like that, what's the next logical choice? Like, do, do you get into a romantic love comedy just so people can <laughs> see a softer side, you know? <laughs> After, after copying hard. off a man's ballast, you know, let, let me let me show that I'm a family man. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Like, it's absolutely insane. That's why, too, at least it was hard for me at first. But, like, horrible example. But, like, um, Robert Pattinson, after he did Twilight, <clears throat> he did a movie called Remember Me. And don't get me wrong, it was still a great movie. But, I mean, in general, like, I'm like, okay, that's Edward.
0: That's I, Edward. I get where you're coming from uh, with them just recently dropping the, the, the Batman trail, teaser trailer uh, this week. Uh, which is Robert Patterson playing playing the role of Dark Knight
1: oh I, I didn't mean, see
0: it yet I was a completely again I am completely against Robert Patterson playing Batman uh, mostly because of some of the things he said uh, as far as approaching the role like he doesn't want to give into the social norms of, of working out to get bulk up his physique for the Batman role that's Batman if you read the comic, yeah, like Batman is the peak of, of perfection as far as like human abilities
1: you know? yeah like if you could picture a man that's batman he's over here rocking his 16 pack, like hello oh. like you're gonna have to beef up a little
0: bit right you know it's not just his intelligence it's also his physique he's trained himself to the peak of physical perfection but you know th- those types of deals but he, the same deal it's like i all i ever think of is harry potter uh and the goblet of fire or twilight when i think of robert patterson neither was a great role for him in my mind so when he was announced as Batman I'm like
1: (sighs) yeah I'm over here like guys like it's not already a good lineup with Robert Patterson don't get me wrong like opinions aside I know he is a great actor like example from Remember Me in general I know he can do like emotional movies but I'm like having him as Batman like he better freaking impress the living crap out of me for me to like it because I don't see that happening right
0: now well, it was weird. I mean, I would definitely recommend watching the teaser trailer. Um, you can watch my reaction to the teaser trailer right here on the channel. Um, but I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I still am not on the Robert Patterson board. Uh, however, what I saw in the teaser trailer, it really felt like one of the best, one of the best descriptions I felt uh, that I heard from somebody else. It, unfortunately, I did not coin this. Somebody else coined this but uh, it did the trailer, but it, it, it definitely fits. Like after he said it, after I watched that reaction, he said it, I was like, you know what? That's perfect. Is it really did feel like the trailer really did feel like this is going to be a very dark Batman film. This feels like saw meets the crow.
1: Ooh! oh my God. See that here? Like this is going to sound bad, but for me, that sounds really good. Like as far as that, cause I like nitty gritty dark crap. But I'm like, I understand that's not honestly, like, traditional Batman as far as being that dark goes. But I'm I'm excited. But I'm not excited about Robert Patterson being the Batman. But who knows? Maybe he might impress. I might impress. I doubt it. But we'll see.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, a lot of the Robert Patterson fanboys is like, give him a chance. Give Or fangirls, give him a chance. Give him a chance. I'm going to give him a chance. And I, I understand where the Robert Patterson fans are coming from because – when Ben Affleck was charged for, and I'm a huge Batman fan, huge my whole life, like probably one of my top top two comic book superheroes of all time is Batman. So, you know, when, when Ben Affleck was announced, everybody else was like, oh, Batfleck, oh, he's going to destroy it. Oh, he's going he's gonna to be terrible. And I'm the guy that's like, you know what? I remember what he did with Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil was a terrible movie, but look at the way he played Daredevil. There's no doubt in my mind he can nail Batman. And as far as I'm concerned, he proved he could. Now, See, and
1: that's the thing. It's just by giving that person a chance to actually portray it. Because, I mean, if it sucks, cool. It's a crappy movie. You right. can absolutely say that. But until you give that person a chance, then give them a chance. Because, I mean, nobody – and I hate to keep going back to this example, but look at Heath Ledger. Like, you would never see him before he was announced to be the Joker. You never would have seen him to be a role like that. But damn, one of the best of all freaking time. So same I argue, thing with him.
0: I, I argue. I still like Jack Nicholson better. I, I thought his villain was phenomenal, Heath Ledger's villain. I just – I think Jack was more in the spirit of the Joker than, than yeah. Heath. a mm-hmm. personal opinion. Uh, oh,
1: absolutely. And I can respect that because by far, too, I would counteract that. I definitely think Heath Ledger's is better, but I can absolutely see – and I can absolutely respect of why a lot of people, because a lot of people do like um, Jack Nicholson's much more. And I absolutely see why. I mean, he's like the, he is the comedic Joker that, which people love and enjoy. So I respect mm-hmm. that hundred percent.
0: No, but as far as like a realistic version of the Joker, yeah, he absolutely fits. I mean, as far as the Joker, like people are going to argue all day long, but we can all agree on two things as far as the Joker role is concerned. The absolute worst Joker of all time was he uh, was a uh, Jared Leto.
1: Oh, see, I didn't even see that one yet. Not yet. I didn't see that one.
0: And that's not his fault. I don't blame. I don't blame Jared Leto for it. I blame the writers of Suicide Squad for what they did to the Joker.
1: Damn. Was it really that bad?
0: Oh, I I don't want to spoil it. Just watch it for yourself. <laughs>
1: oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> OK.
0: As far as I'm concerned, there was redeemable qualities to Suicide Squad, but the Joker was not one of them oh my
1: god no okay
0: uh as far as the greatest joker of all time i think most fans can agree mark hamill's voice acting persona of the joker has always been the quintessential standard of the character
1: 150 <laughs> percent, and i would absolutely agree with that is that he is the baseline like you can only go up from there there is no going below
0: (laughs) so i think i think that's where we can go with and that's the way i'm looking at it with robert patterson for for batman is uh quite honestly he can't do no worse than george clooney did i ever see george clooney the uh batman and robin movie
1: didn't see that one okay because i was like i didn't even know that george clooney did a
0: batman yeah he the, the the fourth the fourth of the original Tim Burton slash uh, jo- jo- Joel Schumacher films was uh, George Clooney as Batman. And, of course, Chris O'Donnell as Robin and Alicia Silverstone as uh, Batgirl. They introduced Batgirl. And, Damn, course, I would
1: have to sit down and just binge that. Seriously.
0: It, it's worth it. Just It's so campy that it's, it's – Batman and Robin is one of those films I'm probably going to get blasted in the comments for this. But uh, the Batman and Robin movie is so bad so terrible that it's entertaining
1: <laughs> oh my god you know what i unfortunately understand that right there because sometimes you just need a good laugh even if the movie's like piece of crap you can at least get something out of it
0: mm-hmm. and and it's terrible because you think of the caliber of actors you got i mean george clooney's no slouch in acting you know no, not at
1: all he's a great actor
0: you got uma thurman playing poison ivy and you got arnold <laughs> schwarzenegger playing mr freeze you would think this is going to be the greatest action flick of all time, and oh my god, it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh
1: my god! But you know what though? Dumpster fires are freaking great too. That's why I'm like, I'm just gonna to have to sit down and watch that because that sounds great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's let speaking of speaking of movies, we're talking about every other, everybody else's movies. Let's talk about yours. Tell me a little bit about. Uh, well, let's talk about Heyman because I don't want to spoil anything from Fragile Heart. Too much. So let's talk about He Man first. The first one that people can actually check, check it out. You uh, play the character of, if I'm seeing this correctly, you pay, play the character of Peter. What is Peter's story? So
1: it's so funny. So Peter is, how can I put it? He's, and it's so funny because considering who I am, he's kind of anti LGBT. Like okay. he's very, like the church going man of, you know what, like we should all you know, let's go to church. Like, I understand that you are who you are, but maybe I can kind of change your views, change your ways. That's kind of Peter, Um, but it's a very LGBT um, positive short film in general. It was absolutely fantastic. um, Being able to work with um, Adrian, being able to work with the cast, even Amy, it was just a very humbling experience. And that was my very, very first um, on camera film.
0: Okay. When you say on camera, what do you mean? You've done some behind the scenes like writing or, or uh, other?
1: Voice different- acting. I, I'm because oh, I'm voice, so I,
0: voice acting work, right?
1: Yeah, like I do a lot of voice acting in general, but that was my very first on screen film. And so basically, what I mean by that is my first film where you see me. Okay. And so that's why I'm over here. Like, so that was, and you can tell in my acting since that was my very first one, like in general, but I'm very excited and I hope people enjoy it. I'm just very excited for. Fragile Heart coming out 2021. That one's going to be the big one. My recent one, I did that two weeks ago, and it's going to go on Netflix. So that one's going to be a blessing and a humbled experience.
0: When, well, it brings up a very good question. Uh, between the two, as far as like voice acting, voiceover work and, and stuff, and, and then being in front of the camera, playing the f- physically embodying the character as opposed to just voicing the character, which one have you found to be more rewarding and, and or more difficult to, to perform? I
1: 100% do um, prefer voice acting, but of course, I will never, ever turn down a part for physical acting or voice acting. I just really love and appreciate voice acting because I feel like I can go more in depth with my character when it comes to voice, when it comes to portraying a certain character's feelings and emotions.
0: What uh, what what are some of the uh, voice acting jobs that you've done? Like any characters uh, that I would recognize or our listeners?
1: Um... Probably not yet. I just got done. It was about a week ago. I just did something with JK Lego Productions, um, which is officially up on YouTube right now. I did. Um, It was it's so funny that you brought up Batman. Um, it's a Batman and Joker Lego film. Um, nice. And I did Alfred. So that was so much fun. And I bless them for oh, casting. Awesome. me in
0: that.
1: Yeah, so that was fun. That was my first time ever attempting a British accent, which that was a pain in my butt if I'm being honest, but it was so <laughs> much fun, though. Gosh, but. Besides that, though, um, I just invested in a whole new um, studio setup, so I'm getting emails bit by bit with me um, with people casting me for parts. So very blessed about that.
0: That's cool. That is awesome. Um, so again, uh, we we know we, we know you got uh, the 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 film uh, uh, Fragile Hearts coming up here in 2021. What else is in store for uh, Mr. O'Neill in the future, especially once COVID finally releases its grip on us?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So I have a lot of beautiful things um, planned upcoming, which of course I did sign, of course, my NDA agreements. So there's a couple of wonderful projects i'm very excited about that i just can't talk about yet right um but a couple of them of course will be on the big screen so very excited about that um and of course to book three is coming out um very soon there's not an official release date yet hopefully next month and it's gonna be the most shocking book i've ever written and i can honestly admit to that and it's something that surprised me
0: well, that, that, that brings up a great great question that I was going to ask anyway. Uh, as far as like your writing is concerned, like we know we can go to YouTube to check out Hey Man and we know Netflix for Fragile Hearts, but as far as your books are concerned, where can people get a copy of your books if they wanna uh, pick it up to, to read for themselves the poetry or, or the story behind it? Uh, do they go to places like Amazon or, or can they go to like their local Barnes and Noble?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So book one, it's called Mom, I'm Sorry. You can find that one absolutely on Amazon and through Barnes & Noble. Um, Book two, you can find primarily on Amazon itself. Book three, when it comes out, it will be both available through Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. And it's just, once again, it's just been a humbling and blissful experience that I have the opportunity to go out there and talk to you guys and be able to help you in any way that I possibly can. And book one, of course, like I just said, is called Mom, I'm Sorry. The second one is called Dad, Please Don't Go. And the third one, I guess you will be, I will say it to you. So that way your show is the very first one who does hey, actually bullshit. have the title for book three. Cause I, I've been very strict on actually making sure I haven't told anybody, not, not even my freaking mom knows, like I haven't oh, wow. told anybody. So book three will be called. There's something I didn't tell you. Oh, wow. And that is going to be the conclusion for books one, two, and three.
0: Wow. That, that actually gave me goosebumps that title that that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy that makes me wonder what the content inside is Uh, oh absolutely and
1: that i can't say because i already slipped that info and i couldn't could i shouldn't even said that but very blessed though to actually have had that opportunity to be able to do what i do and love doing it
0: well see now i feel bad because now i know something your mother doesn't know (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I'm just, welcome to being, for being a kid. Like, it happens too, especially being birthed from your mother. There's going to be a lot of things your mom doesn't know.
0: <laughs> exactly. <you> know, so. <laughs> I feel terrible on that. But no, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, Ruben, if people want to get in contact with you or or dig more into the uh, topics of conversation that we uh, went into, besides having you back on again, which I absolutely would love. Uh, Same here, like, man. I really enjoyed it. Where could people get a hold of you if they wanted to ask questions or maybe get to know a little bit more about your work?
1: Yeah, 100%. So, definitely to shirt that I'm wearing, too, you can follow me on Instagram, c.r.rath. That is the quickest way to get a hold of me. Um, in general, right now, of course, if you need to contact me for any business inquiries, you can always email me at Ruben.oneil, the number is 123 at gmail.com. First name, Ruben, R U B E N dot O N E I L L, numbers one, two, three, at gmail.com excellent
0: and of course guys right here on uh, breaking the fourth wall you can find us on the realm of the mist uh entertainment youtube channel make sure you hit the like subscribe comment share this out let your friends hear it and of course check out the other podcasts of breaking the fourth wall whether the weekly show or the interview shows and, of course, if you prefer your uh, podcast in the audio-only format, we got you covered. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Again, I want to thank you, Ruben, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I will have you back on again, especially when your book releases. Or maybe we'll, have a, maybe we'll, maybe we'll set something up and do a little watch party for, uh, for, for the new movie when it comes out on Netflix.
1: Yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. And guys, please subscribe to his channel. It's been an absolute blessing just to be here and be able to connect with you guys. So once again, man, by far, thank you so much again for giving me this opportunity to come out here and actually talk to everybody in YouTube one one-on-one.
0: Absolutely. And guys, I will catch you on the next breaking the fourth wall interview. Have a good night guys. And if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter Please go over to patreon.com Slash realm of the mist And just a dollar a month Gives you exclusive content And helps our channel out greatly Guys again thank you very much for joining us And we will see you on the next episode